Welcome to the Abundant Life Podcast. This is Pastor Derry. Ephesians chapter 2 tells us that all of us who were dead in our trespasses and sins, God has made us alive together with Christ by grace through faith. To be alive means that we're not dead, that we are in a state of action filled with energy and spirit, and too often that we forget that we have life and dwell in our weaknesses and faults when we have been made new creations in Christ Jesus, made whole by the power of his life. Today, we continue our series titled The Journey with Message 20, Alive in Christ. Listen in, take notes, and I'll talk with you at the end of the podcast. (laughs) I am alive. Yeah, you're alive today. Sometimes we don't appreciate the fact that we are alive. See, what happens in our lives is that there's a series of things that happen to us, challenges, fears, phobias, concerns, depression. A lot of things happen to challenge the fact that we're alive. And sometimes we get stuck on those things and we stop living. Amen? Sometimes things happen in our lives and we get stuck and we stop living. I want you to open your Bibles to uh, the book of John chapter 5. John chapter 5. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for this day. This is a day that you may, we will rejoice and be glad in it. Thank you that today we have the ability to hear your word. And as your word comes to us, Lord, let us receive the word by your Holy Spirit as revelation knowledge today. Let it be illuminated. Let it come to our hearts and minds and touch us in a way that we deeply understand it on a personal level. Lord, as we receive that revelation, give us faith, Lynn, to stand on your word and to stand and activate it into our lives and make sure that we are applying it to our circumstances, to our situations. Let us take it so personal, Lord, that we see exactly how to make it work in our own lives. And we thank you, Lord, that you would give us stamina to stand on that strength of that word as long as it takes to see your desired outcomes for us and we thank you also for giving us a compassion to share with others who we see that need this word the ability to share it with them and to care for them enough to give them what you've taught us we thank you lord for these things and we ask that today we decrease as you increase in us and speak as you would desire in jesus name amen 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 john chapter what oh y'all was listening amen i love it Amen. John chapter 5. We're going to begin at verse 1. I'm going to read something to you here, and I want you to kind of grab a hold of what we're going to talk about today, because we're going to talk about being alive. And it says, After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and the Jews went to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease that he had. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity for 38 years. And when he saw him, excuse me, when Jesus saw him lying there, he knew that he had already had been in that condition a long time. And he said to him, do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him, sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, Another steps down before me. Amen. Now I want you to notice a couple of different things here. And that is this location of Bethesda, the pool that is there near the Sheep's Gate in Jerusalem. This particular location is a place where sick people were gathering together. And they were all gathering together, and uh, as Jesus is walking past there, he observes it, and he sees one particular individual who he takes interest in, and he goes to that man. Now, what's important to understand here is a couple of different things. is Because they're a, a group of people who are gathered in this place, they're all there in hope. 
They're all there in hope that something is going to change, that they might get an opportunity to get in and actually be changed or be healed or whatever the case was, whatever they went there for. They're all there in hope, but they're all there also with a reality that only one person is going to get something today. And so when you are of hope and you want something and your thought process is that once somebody else gets something, then I, there's nothing left for me. It creates a, 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 a mindset and a mentality. And the mindset it creates is, number one, is that I need to be first. <laughs> right? If only one person's getting it, then I need to be the one. <laughs> That's number one. So there's already that mentality. Number two is, for everybody who knows they're not going to be number one, they keep going in hope, and, and hope deferred is what the book of Proverbs says, Makes what? The heart sick. When hope is deferred, when you are continually in a state of hope and you're hoping and hoping and hoping, eventually your hope gets a, creates its own sickness. And that sickness starts to become something that becomes viral. Because lack of hope never stays with one person. Lack of hope begins to spread. And when lack of hope begins to spread, then people start responding in ways, knowing that we're hopeful, but really believing that nothing's going to change. <laughs> and when you're hopeful for things, knowing it's not going to change, then what you tend to do is you tend to stop living. <laughs> you begin to settle in to your reality. And when you settle into your reality, once you have settled into your reality, your new reality becomes the new norm. <laughs> and eventually, once your new norm starts, when anyone else speaks outside of that norm, you tell them that they're crazy. They're irritating you. They're bothering you with all that smiling and hopefulness. Because we know how life really is. And it happens to anybody who begins to settle in to truth. There's truth, and then there's deeper truths. So there's a series of truths that we all know, we would all understand and all agree. And then there are deeper truths, which are not based on what we see, but based on our spiritual understandings, what we refer to as revelation. And you can have truth in your life and then get revelation to something that's deeper than your truth and you can elevate beyond your current path by revelation. Things revealed to you that are not the norm what everybody else sees on the surface. Tell your neighbor, say, I'm open to revelation. All right. Look at verse 8 really quickly. Jesus said to the man, rise, take up your bed, and walk. Now, very important to note, Jesus gives him a command. Rise, take up your bed, and walk. But look up at verse 6. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been in that condition a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? Now, it would seem that if somebody's been sick for 38 years and they go out somewhere, that the automatic question to the answer, do you want to be uh, made well, would be, duh. <laughs> do you want to be made well? Come on, y'all say, duh. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> but what happens when you're asked that question and you know that your condition's been the same a long time and you're hopeful that something happens but you're realistic that nothing's going to happen then the answer's not duh anymore 
the answer's not duh anymore. The answer starts to become more like what he answers in verse 7. The sick man answered, and sir, I have nobody to put me in the water. Instead of duh, yeah, I want to be healed, it's like you start regurgitating your excuses. Why I'm in my condition. <laughs> Why nothing's changing. I don't have anybody put me in the water. I don't have this. I don't have that. I don't have all these things. And I come to this place every day, not living the rest of my life, but I keep coming to this place trying to get a result when I really don't think I'm going to get one because I know somebody's always going to beat me to the water and I'm not going to get anything. So why do you keep coming? Why do you keep coming to the pool if you don't believe that you're going to be the first one there? Why do you keep coming? Why do you keep going back? <laughs> Amen. That was a drop the mic on it. Amen. <laughs> Jesus' question was not, do you want to be healed? Jesus' question was, do you want to be made whole? Do you want to be made whole? In other words, do you not just want to get something out of this, this circumstance you're in, do you actually want to live your life? Do you actually want to be alive? Amen. See, being alive has less to do about just having bios, or your life force in you, it has more to do about how you live. And unfortunately, this man's been coming there over and over again, not living the rest of his life, trying to get something. And all the other people are out there, but Jesus only goes to one guy. And he goes to the guy who's been there probably the longest time. There's not many people who've been sick for 38 years. Amen. Tell your neighbor, say, I want to be made whole. My question to you is, what is not whole about you? What's in your life not whole about you? Because see, until you identify what's not whole, you won't pursue the truth. Until you understand what's not perfect about you, if you understand your cracks and your flaws, you don't pursue wholeness. <laughs> All right. I don't know if y'all ready. I don't know if y'all ready for where I'm going to go today, but I'll I'll go there anyway. Ephesians chapter two. Ephesians chapter two. See, I was born cracked, as beautiful as a baby as I was. I was born cracked. I was a cute little baby too. I got a little. I got a little picture of me. I was just able to sit up, sitting in a little chair. With my little swoop hair going around. I was a cute little baby, man. I, was, I, I had to swoop, and I was still chubby cheeks and everything. I was, man, I was a cute baby. <laughs> Y'all want a picture? Y'all want evidence? Okay, I got you. I got you. <laughs> they want evidence. <laughs> yeah, we'll hear some awes. I'm, I'm going to bring that one to you. I'm going to let y'all see that. But I was born cracked. I was born with a sin nature. I was born with a flaw, a sin nature. And so I was not born whole. I was born missing things, lacking things. And my parents did a great job. My grandparents did a great job. But I was still a bad boy, still a bad kid. They, had, they, they used every trick in the book to discipline me, but they could not stop my inner behaviors. My curiosity, I had to know this and know that. And, and those curiosities would often pass the boundaries of rules, right? That's how I put, that's a nice way of saying it, right? <laughs> but understand, we all were born cracked, which is why we need Christ. We need Christ because we're not born perfect. We're born with a generational, handed down flaw called sin that's in the human nature. Every single person born into the world has, is born with that. But because we're all sitting by the pool, it becomes normalized. 
We're all sitting by the pool. We're all hoping something happens to us to change our lives and make it better. We all feel that way. And we're all trying to figure out, no, only one person's going to get their foot in there. And so we become people who are pursuing, trying to get that one thing, and we'll jump over other people to get it because we know only one person's going to get it. And that's the mentality that we start having as human beings. And so human beings, as our nature is, we're so busy trying to get healed from an angel that we'll pass up Jesus who's offering to all. We'll be so busy trying to get our own thing answered, trying to get our own efforts to get in there or get somebody else to drag us to the pool to beat somebody else. But if somebody there could drag you, they're getting in their self. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> See, in your human nature, your human nature, we are good people among people. In our human nature, we're, we're, we're kind to each other. We're nice to each other. We're all those things. But it still does not change the fact we are lacking a divine nature that only God can give us. That was part of our original design, but is now lacking from who we are. And if you put a group of people, you take them. I, I, love, the, I love to watch the, the show Survivor. You put a group of people, you stick them in an environment, and they're so bent on winning, they will drop who they are normally in order to deceive every people to win. <laughs> I love it because it reveals our nature. You say, I wouldn't do that if I was them. Yeah, you would. <laughs> you would use whatever edge you believe you had to try to win. That's how we are. And sometimes when nobody's looking, we do that anyway. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, say, he's not talking about you. Now, now look at your other name and said, that person lied to you. <laughs> All right. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. And you he made what? Tell your neighbor, say, I'm alive. I'm alive. <laughs> you he made alive. See, the Christian life is a life of being alive. And too often we've made Christianity the life that only focuses on suffering and not the fact that we've been made alive. Amen. Sometimes we suffer, but suffering's not the point. Suffering is an issue that happens, but it's not the point. The point is I've been made alive. The point is I'm, I'm alive today. And the point is, because I'm alive, if depression tries to come on me today, I need to push depression off because I'm not dead, I'm alive. And I've been not just living, I've been made alive. Come on. Our children have certain characteristics because we made them be that way. If a, if a, a person named Moten that grew up in our house called in sick, either one or two things happen. They get ready to quit this job. <laughs> I ain't looking at nobody in particular. They're about to quit this job or something's really wrong. Because we made them that way. We made them that way. We made them that way. We shaped them, formed, we made them that way. And so that's how they are. Right? So you've been made alive. God has made you alive. That's how you've been made. You've been made to be alive. And you say, well, what does that mean? It means that you have life on the inside of you. And that life should not be ignored. That life should not be discredited. That life should not be wasted or squandered. That life ought to be used for the purposes God has for your life. Verse 2 says this. Well, let's go back. He made you alive who were dead. In your trespasses and sins. Now, obviously, they weren't physically dead, so how were they dead? They were spiritually dead. They were separated from the divine life of God. You, he's made alive, who were dead in your trespasses and your sins. Somebody said, but I didn't commit a sin. You were born that way, amen. 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 
I'll put my baby picture, my cute little baby picture next to your cute baby picture. And I guarantee you one thing, both sinners. Both born that way. Born that way. You're born in sin. And you replicate sin with trespasses. And with trespasses is when you see something and you knowingly, knowingly cross barriers that are not supposed to be crossed. Amen. That's a trespass. Amen. So if you come on my grass, you're trespassing. Now, I may not prosecute you for coming on my grass, but you are a trespasser anyway, right? Somebody takes your stuff. They're trespassing, right? It's your stuff. It's in a boundary. It's your possession. Somebody enters your boundary, takes your stuff. They stole it means that they trespassed against you right? They violated your boundaries. So you were born dead in trespasses and in sin, but you made alive. No matter what you were, no matter how you were born, in Christ we are made alive. And we have to understand that when you're in Christ, there's a difference in who you are in Christ and who you were born as, no matter what or how you were born. Amen? in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. And specifically, he's talking about disobedience to God. Right? Jesus' question to the man was, do you want to be made whole? And in Christ, we've been made whole. We've been made alive. Amen. Amen. What does, it mean to make, what does it mean to be made whole? To be whole means to be made complete. Nothing lacking, nothing broken, right? Go over to John chapter 10, verse 10. We're, keep your finger in Ephesians. We're going to come back there. John 10 and 10. You know what it says? John chapter 10, verse 10. The thief does not come except to steal, kill, and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Jesus said, this is the reason I came. Yeah, I came to the man. I found the man at, the, at Bethsaida. Bethesda, rather. I found him there. And I asked him, do you want to be made whole? Why? Because this is why I came. I came to give life. And I came to give life in an abundant fashion. I came to give life, and I came to give it in an abundant fashion. I found him, and I gave it to him. Thieves come to steal, to kill, and destroy. But I've come that you might have life. So every Christian needs to understand there's always things in this world, system, that try to steal from you, that try to kill you off, and they try to destroy you. They try to destroy the things that are given to you. They try to destroy your hope. They try to destroy your, your relationships. They try to destroy your relationship with God. Things come to destroy your confidence in your own gifts and abilities of what you have been given, what you're stewarded with. Things come to destroy and to take your health, your wellness, your sanity, your, your sense of, of being whole. And they come to steal your resources. Your money, your name. You have an enemy that wants to steal your life. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, say, I'm alive. Don't take for granted you're alive. Because if you take for granted you're alive, you'll miss the fact that the life you have is beyond normal life. So you're breathing air so you know you're alive. But you need to know that in Christ you have a new life. In Christ you have a new life in you. And that life has the, uh, the ability to take you over and above the life that you currently have. That life that's in you, the life that's in Christ. Go to book of Romans chapter 8. Romans 8. I'll let it speak for itself. Romans chapter 8. See, every, every human being is born with a spirit a soul and a physical body, right? You have a physical body. You can live with your physical body, no problem. Live, do whatever you do. Raise your hands, using my physical body. 
You're born with a soul. Your soul is your reasoning faculties. Your, it is your, your mind, your thoughts, your imagination, your will. Those are all part of your soul. And then your spirit is the part of you that is alive that makes life happen inside you. And that spirit is what separates us from God. Because if that spirit is not connected to God, then what it does is it just sits there dormantly in you. It keeps you alive, but it stops you from also living fully. Because in that spirit, you get attacks of fear. You get attacks of, of other things that come against your soul that then hold you in check. If you don't have a spirit to help you elevate through that. Romans chapter 8 verse 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. First thing is, there's no condemnation for those that are in Christ. So the first thing is, when you're in Christ, it takes away guilt. <laughs> how, how many people have ever made a mistake? All right. How many made a mistake, wish you could take it back? How many have a sense of guilt because of things you did that caused other people a problem that you wish you could take back? <laughs> okay. That guilt will cause condemnation. Right? That guilt will cause condemnation. That condemnation starts to be the barrier that makes you think whether I can really have God's presence with me or God's favor with me or whether what I've done has caused a wedge and that there are certain things I will never be able to access or do. And sometimes it's not offenses against others. Sometimes it's offenses against yourself. <laughs> sometimes it's things you did that you wish you didn't do and you say, well, my life is like this because of this. I want to get in the water, but I need somebody to get me there. I'm sitting here and I really wish I could get in, but I just, every time I'll try to get in, I can't get in. And what happens? So I just sit back and I show up all the time, but I'm really not engaged. Come on. I show up all the time because I'm hopeful, but I have a reality that says I got condemnation and other things holding me back from getting in the water. And so there's nothing for me here. So I'm just going to show up. Amen. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'll just let it soak. Amen. Verse 2. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ has made me free from the law of sin and death. The law of the spirit of life in Christ has made me free from the law of sin and death. Christians, live in the law of life. Live in the law of life in Christ. Our job is to live in the law of life in Christ that makes us free from sin and the laws around it and from death and the laws around it. Amen. Amen. So, we can easily slip into the fear of death. <laughs> All right. I know y'all hearing me with your head, but I need you to receive it in your spirit. Amen. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus makes me free from the laws of sin and death. Amen. Sometimes my wife thinks I'm, I'm reckless because I'm, I'm just going to do this, right? But it's because I'm not afraid of certain things. Amen. I'm not afraid of failing or falling. Now, I may be a perfectionist. <laughs> I may not do it until, I'm, until it's right. But I'm not afraid of it. Because I'm not afraid of, the, of, the, of falling. I just want to do it the right way. But I'm not afraid of it. And there are certain things in life that we don't do because we're afraid of consequence. We're afraid of what if I fail? What if I fall? What if something happens? What if something goes wrong? What if I die in this? And that fear 
sets you in a position where you don't fully engage the law of the spirit of life in Christ. Because the laws of sin and the laws of death hold us in check. (laughs) Oh man, I'm telling you. Let's go to, uh, back to uh, Ephesians. Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 2. Go back there. Galatians, Ephesians. Verse 2 says, which in which you once walked according to the course of the world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our minds, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, just as the others. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love in which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved, and raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Every emotional wound you're carrying needs to be taken and put into Christ. Every offense that you're carrying, that you have somebody in your life that you are really upset or mad about and really care not to see, it needs to be put in Christ. People who wronged you, wounded you, offended you, they all need to have the impact of what they've done. It all needs to be put in Christ. Because whether you know it or not or like it or not, Your life is limited until you get it in Christ. Amen. Amen. I went to this place one day, and this lady's mad at me. And I didn't do nothing to her, but she's mad at me. And she ain't going to talk to me. And she ain't going to have nothing to do with me. And so when I walk up to her, she acts like I'm not even in her environment. I say, hello. She won't respond. I'm standing this close to her, and she is acting like I'm not even there. I'm talking to the person. Hey, how are you doing today? How are you feeling today? Oh, you ain't going to talk to me? That's okay. I love you anyway. Guess what? I'm not offended by this. Have a great day. <laughs> she never responded. She didn't even acknowledge my presence. Thinking it would hurt me. You can't hurt me like that. <laughs> you can't offend me like that. You can't bother me like that. You know why? Because the law of the spirit of life in Christ has made me free. I'm free. Amen. Amen. I walked in a room, two people was talking about me. And I could hear them outside the room. I'm outside the room, walking up to the room. I hear them talking about me in the room. And I'm headed for the room. So when I came in, I went in the room. I, I heard you talking about me. I sat down in the room. I said, how y'all doing today? Happy Monday, y'all. I know you're just talking about me, but guess what? I'm not offended. I don't care. You know why? Because I'm free. I'm alive. I'm not going to then descend into depression because people are talking about me when I already know you're talking about me. Why do I have to live compromised when you're talking about me? (laughs) But the law of the spirit of life in Christ makes me free from those offenses why because those are sets laws of sin that's people doing what people do that's people talking about you getting in the pool and they still outside the pool come on man come on come on let's be realistic i'm alive amen i'm not gonna act dead when i'm alive amen i'm not gonna be depressed when i'm alive why because depression is not life depression is death on my soul So I need to be out of depression and into life. Amen. And my circumstances are not going to make me feel better about my life. 
<laughs> Amen. I'm going to feel better when my circumstances. No, you're not. You're going to feel bad when your circumstances get good. Because depression is not a mental issue. Depression is a spiritual issue. If you try to treat spiritual issues with natural things, all you get is no results. Depression is not based on your thoughts. Your thoughts are shaped by what's happening in your soul and your spirit. And so if you try to just think good thoughts, it's not going to get, you can't break depression that way. You got to break depression with spiritual freedom. The law, the spirit of life in Christ makes me free from the laws of sin and death. The law, the spirit of life in Christ, me who was born cracked, such were all of us. But God, who is rich in mercy toward us, with the great love which with he loves us, has made us to sit together with Christ in heavenly places. Amen. When I start to feel that spirit coming on me, because we all fight the same things, when I start to feel that spirit of heaviness coming on me, then I need to remember where I'm seated. I need to train my mind into thinking a different way. Not dwell on man. What's, oh, man, that's true. Oh, man, this is true. I don't have this or I don't have that. Man, this is true. I can dwell on those things or I can say, yeah, that's all things are true, but I'm also seated in heavenly places in Christ. So let me raise up out of this feeling and let me start living alive. Amen. Yes, Amen. Sometimes you have to know what you're battling and walk out of it. Amen. Sometimes you got to say, it's a, all these people are laying around because when you start to feel that way, again, there were people who will agree with you, yeah, you should feel bad. <laughs> if I was in your shoes, I would feel bad too. There's another way of seeing it. Amen. And the way of seeing it is to see it from in Christ. In Christ. In Christ. In Christ. Anybody in this room ever failed at something? Amen. Failure start to start to label you as a loser. Start to label you like you can't do this and you can't do that. And I know people who won't try anything anymore because they tried it once and they failed. But if God told me to do it and I failed, that just means I didn't do it the way God said it. I'm going to get up and try it again. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Come on. Why? Because I'm alive. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Come on. Come on. Go to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians 5. <laughs> so you know you're alive, but you don't know how much alive you are until you face challenges. And in the facing of your challenges is when you have to call on it and pull it out yourself. Amen. I told him before we were praying before uh, service, I mentioned everybody. When I was, uh, I was, uh, I guess I was 13, must have just turned 13. And so basketball season was getting start, started. My mother bought me a basketball. And so I took my basketball, I had it at school, it was a nice basketball. Like, you know, one of the ones you see, like I saw it in the, I saw it in the, uh, in the J.C. Penney catalog the year before. And I marked it for Christmas, but I didn't get it till summertime. Amen. All right. So I got my basketball, and school starting, I got my basketball in my bag, and I'm going to basketball practice. I come out from practice, and my ball is gone. I'm like, hot, man, where's my ball? Now, my mother knew my desire, got me this ball. I got my ball, and I got it, and I'm walking with it. I, I got it with me. It's mine. It's my possession. It's what I have. And then all of a sudden, it's gone, and I know who got it. I got it back. I ain't going to tell y'all how I got it back, but I got it back. <laughs> I got it back. And I, I hadn't really thought about it a long time. And this morning I woke up and it was like the Holy Spirit brought it back to my remembrance. And he was saying, I give you stuff all the time. And there's always an enemy who comes to try to take it. But just like you didn't call your mother to go get the ball. Don't call me to get back what I gave to you. Amen. You take it back. <laughs> you take it back. And how do you take it back? You don't take it back wrestling with flesh and blood. 
you, rest, you take it back with the weapons of your warfare that are not carnal, that are mighty through God for pulling down strongholds. You take it back when you start to feel things being stolen from you, like your joy. <laughs> you start to feel things being taken from you, like your, your sense of, 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 of presence of God. When you start to feel those things, you've got to take back what was taken from you. Because God's already given it to you. What did he do? He made you alive. In other words, he already formed you and shaped you to be alive. And so when we're formed and shaped to be alive, when things like a depression or things like a sadness of spirit, when they come upon us, it is our responsibility to take it back. Take back what you have been given. Amen. And so that confession needs to begin with, hey, no, no, I'm not going to be depressed. I am alive. I'm not going to be sad today. I'm alive. I'm not going to be a victim today. I'm alive. Come on, y'all. Come on. Come on. If you already know what I'm talking about, five, ten, five, find five people today and teach them what I'm telling you. Amen. Amen. <laughs> okay. Man, y'all, y'all a hard crowd today, man. Hallelujah. Listen, 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, rather. Verse 17 says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's what? A new creation. What does it mean need to be a new creature? New creature, new creation. What does it mean? Yeah. It's you alive. You've been made alive. Amen. You who are dead and trespasses and sin, you he has been made alive. Amen. When something tries to take your life, you need to keep it. Amen. Amen. I was talking to somebody this morning and they were mentioning how just this week, somebody tried to take them out of their life, out of their, their joy. And they, and they was ready to, they was ready to go to the dead man. <laughs> to fix the problem. But they said, but the Lord brought them back then. Yeah. Amen. You don't have to go there. You don't have to fight that way. Listen. Look at this. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You are a new creation. God has made you new. And you have to learn how to act new. Amen. You have to learn how to act new. Remember we started this series, we were talking about the journey, and we talked about the journey has five elements of prosperity, which you have. And you can't take lightly any of those five areas of prosperity because if you do, you will miss the richness of the Christian life. The first is your relationship with God. And that is to know Christ means that you have received all that is in him, that you're redeemed, bought with a price. You belong to Christ. You've been redeemed. Heaven becomes your destination, but your eternal life begins when you receive Christ. The second thing is relationships, that everybody in the body of Christ is blessed with gifts and talents. And because they're blessed with gifts and talents, you benefit from them. Amen? So I benefit this morning at worship. I benefit from the songs. I benefit from the music that was played. I benefited from all that. All of us benefited from their gifts. Amen? And so we're benefiting from different things. We benefit from the ushers. We benefit from everybody who's doing things, our greeters. Everybody who's doing something during service, we all benefit from those things. So the second part of your richness is, is being blessed by others around you, your relationships. And the deeper and the better your relationships are, the more rich your life is. Amen? Amen? The third is your own gifts and talents, that you're blessed to be a blessing. And you also make a contribution to others because you're gifted. But the fourth area is the area of being made whole. Being alive. <laughs> See, most of us don't celebrate being alive until we've been sick and our life has been challenged. And once we get sick and we get well, then we say, oh yeah, I love being well. But unfortunately, we undervalue being alive and being well when we're well. But it is an area of your prosperity because if you're not well, you can't do anything. If you're not well, if you're not well of mind, of body, of spirit, if you're not whole, you can't do anything. Because you'll be like the people sitting at the pool. Your only focus will be, how am I going to get better? 
and I really don't think I am. <laughs> Amen. You are equipped for your journey in life by being well. And wellness is a covenant of your relationship with Christ. So we had communion today, and Pastor Edward ministered being made whole by the blood. The blood brings healing. The blood brings wellness. Most important about being well is being alive. Being able to celebrate every day that you're alive. Being every day, every day to have a mindset when you wake up, it's a great day because I'm alive today. Appreciate the life that we have in us because when you begin to appreciate that, it will open the doors for everything else that has to happen in your life. Because if you can't celebrate being alive every day, then your gifts and talents will never be released. Amen. And you won't ever have good relationships. Amen. And you'll struggle with your relationship with God. Because having to be well is essential to the Christian faith, which is why Jesus goes around freeing those that are oppressed of the devil. And healing is such a part of Jesus' ministry because Jesus understands you need to be well in order to do what God's called you to do. You need to be made whole. Jesus didn't ask the man. He sees, you've been infirmed for 38 years, but he doesn't ask him, do you want to be healed? He said, do you want to be made whole? Do you want to be alive? Do you actually want to live your life? Do you actually want to get up every day and not say, man, what? Uh, uh. <laughs> every day needs to be a blessed day. Every day needs to be a blessed day. I feel blessed today. Every day needs to be a day that I understand, man, God is with me. His presence is here. Because his presence is here, it's a great day. And I get up and walk out, do what you're going to do. And when you feel bad, have your cough, have your whatever, lay down, feel better. And then when you get up, today's a good day. Amen. 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 Tell your neighbor, say, be a good patient. (laughs) Amen. When you're feeling down, don't make everybody else feel bad. (laughs) Oh, I feel terrible today. Oh, why y'all smiling today? (laughs) Yeah, I'm happy. (laughs) This is my smiling face. (laughs) Amen. Yeah, okay, yeah. Amen. Don't take for granted being alive. You need to celebrate being alive. I'm going to keep on saying the same thing because that's all God told me to tell you today. Be alive. Amen. Be alive. (laughs) See, I know y'all are processing this right now because... (laughs) Let's bring up the definition of alive. Tony, bring that up for me, please. (laughs) Alive. What does it mean? Number one, having life, living, existing, not dead or lifeless. Amen. That's the first definition of life, being not dead or lifeless. Amen. (laughs) Amen. Number two, living. To be used with an emphasis Living. (laughs) Be alive. (laughs) Amen. Number three, in a state of action. If you're alive, you need to take action. Amen. Don't let any part of your life become dead. Take action. Amen. If you see a problem, take action. You see a problem on the horizon, you go to God, get a plan, take action. Amen. Don't be dead. Be alive. Amen. In force of operation. Right? Active. Amen. (laughs) Amen. Number four. Let's bring number four up. Full of energy (laughs) and spirit. Lively. All that stuff, I should have just brought Webster's up in the first place. Amen. All right. Number five, having the quality of life to be vivid or vibrant. Amen. Tell your neighbor, say, I look vibrant today. (laughs) I feel vibrant today. (laughs) Amen. Number six is interesting. Electricity. Come on. A live wire. Come on. Come on, you touch me, you're going to feel something. Amen. 
<laughs> Amen. Amen. Listen, I have no idea what God had me minister this to you today. I just know this. I just know this. I was sitting there this morning praying. I had some things I was going to talk about. Holy Spirit said, alive. Alive. That's the word. He just kept saying, alive, alive. And they began walking me through things. And there was just a sense of, of strength about being alive. About making, not taking life for granted. Not taking life for granted. Recognizing you've got a season to be alive in this body. And you need to be exactly what it said. Bring those definitions again, the first three. Bring them up one more time for me. Thank you. Having life, living, existing. Okay? But don't stop there. You've got to go to the next level. You've got to li live. Be in a state of action. Take action on things. All the procrastinators, raise your hand in a couple minutes. <laughs> 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 His hand just went up. <laughs> Be full of energy and spirit. Saints, we have a life that doesn't come from, 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 from just living. We have a life that comes from God. And it's, it's the season for us to be fully engaged in living the God life. Amen? Living the God life. Living the life God has for us. Living the way and through fullness of what God has for us. Because that is where the blessing of the Lord is. Amen? Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for your word today. I thank you. Today. Praise God and thanks for listening to today's message titled Alive in Christ, which is part 20 of our series titled The Journey. For more information about Abundant Life Worship Center, please feel free to check out our website at AbundantLifeWorship.net. And on our site, you're going to find more information about us, our church and events calendar, and other messages that may be of interest to you. And we invite you to check it out and find things that are going on. We also invite you to join us on a Sunday morning. If you're free, come on down to Abundant Life Worship Center in the city of Vallejo. You'll find more information on our website. Once again, that's AbundantLifeWorship.net. You can also find us on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash AbundantLifeWorship.net. God bless. We look forward to seeing you on our next podcast. And until then, remember that Jesus came to give you life and that more abundantly.